we're going to witness these Christians being attacked from the outside for the second time now. They're being attacked, why? For, because of things that they believe in, right? Things that we're just seeing now, right? Believe in God the Father, God the Son, right? God the Holy Spirit, right? That God the Son is Jesus Christ, right? These are, and, and that Jesus Christ, He rose again, He resurrected, right? For the, fir- the first time when Peter and John, when they went to the temple to pray, they encountered a lame beggar who asked them for, for money, and they told him that silver and gold you know, they don't have, but what they have to give to you, to you. What we have we can give to you, and that is in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, stand up and be healed. And through this wonderful experience, people around them, they were in awe. They were like, how could this happen? How could, how could this man be healed? Like, who are these two men? Are they like... They must be like gods, like demigods or something, you know, like, like how are they able to do something like that? And through that experience, that encounter, Peter and John, they were able to be bold and to share the gospel, to preach why they were able to do that. And it's because of the name of Jesus. But some people didn't like that. The priests, the temple guards, or the Sadducees, they seized Peter and John and they locked them up in prison. And they commanded them that you guys need to stop talking about Jesus. Okay. They threatened them. But how did they respond? They responded by saying, we can't do that. We can't stay quiet. And God has given us a mission that we need to tell people about. We need to tell people that there is a God who loves them. There is a God who forgives them. Right? A God that's not just all about rules. A God that gives freedom from rituals, right, from performance. Right? They said we must obey God rather than men. So I, I wonder, I, wanna, I want you guys to ask yourselves, so how you guys been doing recently? How, lately, how you guys been doing? Is that, is that the prayer of your heart that you guys, that, that I must obey God right, rather than men? Right, I know it's scary, it's intimidating the moment you guys open your mouths in your workplaces or your, or your schools or your homes or wherever you go, that people might think you're weird. They might, they might think you're, you're a freak. They might think that um, you, know, like you're not, you don't really think clearly. You know, like you got a loose screw or something like that. I know it's scary. Have you been praying for boldness? Or we talked about that recently too. When the Christians, they were being persecuted, right, they prayed for boldness. Or didn't they pray for protection? Or didn't they pray for safety? Or they didn't pray that, that God would stop bringing challenges or troubles? Or, I mean, that God would stop allowing those things to happen? Right? But they prayed for boldness, right, to face those things. Right? Are you believing in the power of the Holy Spirit inside each of you? If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit and that's this through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can do amazing things through you. I want you guys to think about what makes you joyful in life? What brings you joy? What brings you joy? What gets you excited? Is it when good things happen to you? Is it when you know, when, when you receive a, uh, you know, a letter of acceptance to a college, right? is it when you land that job you want to land? Is it, or get that internship? 
Um, is it getting that promotion? Right? Maybe it's, uh, it's um, testing negative right, for different illnesses that, that, that you're afraid about. Right? I, I mean, I, I'm pretty joyful today because uh, later on tonight, a couple of LCN results, we're going to go watch a movie at right? Captain Marvel. It's, uh, I really like Marvel movies. So, yeah. So I'm pretty excited. Right? That, that brings me joy. Um, but joy was a common characteristic of this early church as we're going to read about. But also as we read, we realize that the circumstances that this church was in, that these people faced, it didn't lead itself to joy. It didn't seem to do that. Right? In fact, when we read this passage today, it seems to tell us a story that's quite bleak. Right? That's, that, seemed, that, that would seem to strike fear in people. Right, so turn to Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Verse 12, uh, and we're going to go all the way to 42. So it is going to be a mouthful, but please, please uh, do bear with me as we read through that. All right, verse 12, chapter 5, verse 12. So the apostles performed merit, many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Right? No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord, and they were added to their number. Right? As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Right? Crowds gathered, also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, on all of them were healed. So the church was making an impact on the city of Jerusalem. Right? At this point, you know, they, they were still located in Jerusalem. Right? This was the center. And God was being displayed right, through these people. Signs and wonders were being done through them. Right, the people of the, of the city of Jerusalem, they saw these groups of Christians and they're like, wow, they're, they're, they're different. Right, something's different about them. Something amazing is happening inside of them. What is that? What is that? And we also realize that these Christians, they didn't meet in hiding. Right, they prayed for boldness and they stepped out into their everyday lives. Right, they weren't just Sunday Christians. They didn't just practice their faith in private. And so if you were... Let's say if you were a stonemason, or if you were a baker, or if you're a teacher, or, or a fisherman, right? You were out there in whatever occupation or position or place in society you, you had or you took, or you made a decision to let people know about Jesus. So maybe for you, it's it's interacting through clients, right? Maybe customers, maybe students in your classrooms, right? All these different ways. You can let people know. So recently, you know, like, like maybe some of you guys know, my, my girlfriend, she totaled her car recently, and we've been visiting various car dealerships. Um, and we went to this, to this Mazda dealership, and there was this guy, who, uh, this car salesman, we, were, we got talking, and then um, he was like saying how, oh yeah, you know, I understand what you're going through recently. Yeah, like I remember when uh, my, my daughter was uh, going to buy her car at, you know, at a dealership and whatnot. And he was saying how, yeah, like we went to the dealership after church on Sunday. And I thought that was, that was a really interesting piece of information, right? Because it wasn't necessary for him to say after church on Sunday, right? He could have just said, yeah, you know, I... You know, my, yeah, my daughter, we, you know, we recently went to purchase a car at a dealership. And he could have just said that. But I feel like, you know, that extra bit of information, it was quite intentional. 
Right? And suddenly, you know, I had this piece of information and I could do something with it, or I could choose to do something with it. So, you know, I was a Christian, my girlfriend's a Christian, so we would say, oh yeah, you know, yeah, we also go to church. Which church do you go to? Oh, you go to like a Filipino church. Oh, that's really cool. Where's it located? And then we would share some information, right? But let's say I wasn't a Christian. I could be like, oh, hmm. Like, I could maybe ask them, oh, you, like, you believe, you know, in God? Is that, is that, is that what you believe in? Oh, that's really interesting, you know? Like, what, what do you believe in? Like, what do you believe in about God? You know, like, I could ask that if I wanted to. At the same time, now everything that he does as a car salesman is now, uh, it, 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 like, it's, it's impactful on, the, on uh, how I see him as a Christian. Because I might, I might wonder now, oh, this guy's a Christian and goes to church. Is this guy, is he going to try and um, scam me? Is this guy, I mean, like, is he going to try and upset, upsell me? Is he going to try and, like, make me spend more money? Is he going to really tell me about all the problems with the car and blah, 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 right? So, so now, now I'm thinking about, oh, his reputation, his integrity as a car salesman is connected to his identity as a Christian, right? Now, his identity matters now, right? So I thought, like, wow, that was really interesting, right? So how have you, you guys been doing Right. How have you guys been doing? Right, so we as Christians, we have a new life. Right? That's what it says here. Right, these, these Christians, they have a new life. Right, as, we, as we see, um, having a new life in Christ, being a new creation, is a new start. And it's a great way to share your testimony. As we're going to see, it says in verse 17, it says, Then the high priest and all of his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. All right, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. All right, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the message of this new life. So these apostles... Before, it was just Peter and John put in jail, but now it seems like we have more apostles being put in jail. And that kind of makes sense, because you know, you wanna, you want, if you want to stop a movement, right? if you want to stop something, you want to, you want to take out the leaders, right? you want to take out the head. Right? You want to cut off the head, right? That's how you stop something. So they put these apostles in jail, hoping that they could stop it. Right? But that, wasn't, that, that didn't stop, right? As we see here, God sent an angel... God's will is going to be accomplished. Nothing can thwart his plans. God sent an angel and freed these men. And he told them to go back to the temple, right, to the very place where you got arrested, and share the good news again about this new life that we have. So this is your testimony. Okay, this is your testimony. This is you telling people what has God has done in your life. And we're going to go into that more in depth during the Sunday school when we talk about baptism and all that. Right? You share what God has done in your life. So the apostles, they went home, they got some rest, and at daybreak, they went back to the temple. It says in verse 21, right? As daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. So just curious, just a show of hands, how many of you guys would, if you were in the apostles' shoes, would go back to the temple the very next day. Right, you, you just got arrested, okay? And, and now you, you want to basically commit the same crime as, you know, based on you know, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and all of that. How many of you guys would, would do that? All right. Show of hands? Yeah? 
Yeah, we got, we got a couple. <laughs> maybe, maybe, right? It's it's scary. Like jail is not a it's not a fun place. I mean, these jails were were damp and dirty, right? You you were clamped up and all that, like probably rodents and bugs and and probably like excrement all over the place, right? It's not a fun place to be. Not a fun place to be. Alright, so but perhaps you faced rejection before. Perhaps someone has tried to intimidate you to try and stop you from sharing your testimony. Or maybe people have tried to make you feel like your story is not worth listening to. Or maybe you've told yourself that. That I don't really have a great story. Like my, my testimony about how I became a Christian is really quite ordinary. No, no, nothing like, you know, my life was threat in, in danger or nothing like I had this this, um, this huge explosion, this transformation, and all that. Like, nothing like that. Like, I didn't go to jail, and, and God didn't, like, save me out of prison, or I didn't almost lose my life, or, um, you know, like, I just don't have a really exciting story. Like, there's so many people that have more exciting stories than me. Right, this is what Satan wants us to feel. Right, Satan wants us to feel like we don't have a great story. That our story is not worth sharing. Satan wants to intimidate us, wants to stop us from sharing our story with people. But the gospel, which is part of our story, is amazing. And because of that, our stories are amazing. They're great. And just like um, these apostles, they went through a really difficult time. I'm glad that Luke, he recorded it in the book of Acts. Because that's something that we as Christians, centuries later, we can read about that. And we can be encouraged of what they did. Just like how you guys might read um, like books, uh, like autobiographies that might inspire you. Autobiographies by, you know, maybe uh, famous presidents or CEOs. This is something that should inspire us. Inspire that these people, they obeyed God. They chose to obey God even when it was hard. Even when it was very difficult. For me, you know, I don't feel any fear preaching in this church. Um, I, don't, I don't fear that the police are going to storm in and they're going to like, put me in cuffs and like, take me away. I don't fear that, um, that, that the government's going to be asking me to like, submit my sermon transcripts and they're going to be reading it and they're going to be telling me what I can or can't say. And if I don't obey them, then they're going to uh, like, arrest me or something like that. I don't fear that. I don't fear that uh, those things, but in other parts of the world, this is a reality. Or for obeying God, you might be what you might be locked up, you might be outcasted by society, or you might be killed. But Luke here he records stories of what of ordinary Christians showing that it's possible, right, to fear God, to obey God, or to love God. And we have the Holy Spirit inside us; we are not alone. Right, we have a big God. So if you guys haven't uh, realized this as we've been going through the book of Acts, is that this God is big. Right, this God is powerful. Right, we have a God who is sovereign. Right, we have a God whose plans won't fail. And as we continue, um, we realize that there's also someone, a famous teacher, right, who's part of the Sanhedrin, he also feels the same way. Also feel the same way. So I'm going to read this, and we're going to continue going. Right? It says, uh, "When the high priest and his associates arrived, right, they called together the Sanhedrin, 
the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and they sent to the jail. Uh, they sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. Right, so they went back, and reported, "We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside." Right, this is when the, the angels uh, freed the, the apostles. Right, on hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, or wondering what would come of this. Right, then someone said, "Look." The men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that time, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. Right, did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Right, having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. They said, "We give you strict. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. Right, in the name of Jesus." He said, "Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood." Right, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. And the God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom we have killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Right, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Right, that's the gospel right there. Right. God sent Jesus. Jesus died. He rose again. He can forgive Right, if we repent. Right, and then verse 33, uh, we get into this, uh, uh, this guy called uh, Gamaliel. Right? It says, when, we heard this, we were fear- uh, when they heard this, they were furious. And they wanted to put them to death. Right? So before they just wanted to lock them up. But now they want to put them to death. Right? And it says, but a Pharisee uh, named uh, Gamaliel... A teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these people. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. So right now, how many people are rallied to the name of Jesus right now? We had about 120 before, then we had 3,000 added, then they went up to about 5,000. And at this point, it's probably more than 5,000 now, right? Because it says, remember in, in, in uh, verses uh, what say, uh, 14, right? More and more men and be- women believed. So now we have more than 5,000 people. Here we have 4, 000, 400 following this guy. And then it says, um, yeah, but, but he was killed. And all of his followers were dispersed. And it all came to nothing. Right after him, another guy, Judas the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. Right, he too was killed and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these, pe- these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, they will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men and you will only find yourselves fighting against God. Right, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Right, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that is, Jesus is Christ. So Gamaliel, he was a famous teacher. He was actually one of the, one, he was the leader of two popular views of um, interpreting the commandments of the Bible. 
And he came to the realization, he knew that if God is behind the Christians, then it's going to be futile to fight against them. Because if you fight against them and God's behind them, you're fighting against God and there's no way you can win. And this is really awesome. This is actually quite, this is quite astounding coming from someone who's in the, in the, from the opposing side. And we have God on our side. We don't have to be afraid. But the apostles were flogged and then let go. Or one would expect, what, if, you're, if you were just flogged, if you were in prison, and then, uh, you know, then you went to the temple courts, and then you, then you got taken away again, and you were flogged. How are you, how you, how you feeling right now? How are you feeling? Happy? Anyone feel happy if this was you? Yeah? Happy? Feeling good? Or one might expect them to be whimpering. Right? Like, oh man, like, is God really with us? Like, we just got flogged. Like, why, why didn't God stop, stop them? Why didn't God protect us? Maybe they regretted their decision. Like, I mean, we already did our job once. You know, we already went to the temple once. Like, maybe, maybe you know, someone else should go this time or something like that. Take turns getting flogged. But instead, we find them rejoicing. Right, verse 41, find them rejoicing. So are these apostles, are they mentally like handicapped or something? Are, they, do, are these apostles crazy to be rejoicing? Are those of you who have been disciplined before right, by parents or teachers... Uh, maybe, maybe you grew up in Taiwan or something like that. Uh, or maybe, you know, like anyone here ever been spanked by parents before or, or family members, right? You know that feeling? Does that, does that bring joy to you to, to be spanked or disciplined? Anyone, anyone feel like that brings joy? Like, man, you just, after that good spanking, you know, you just like hops, hopping and skipping and you're like, yeah, you know? Man, that was awesome. You know, just, I just can't wait for the next spanking I receive. Anyone feel that way? No, right? If, if someone felt that way, we would be like, oh, this, this guy is not, his head's not screwed on right. You know, like, I mean, like, yeah, this guy's kind of weird. But here we find the apostles rejoicing. Like, why? Why? And then here's that great word, because. Right, because. And this word tells us the reason that comes next. It says, because they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Worthy of counting suffering, uh, uh, counted worthy of suffering disgrace. Right, these Christians, they saw persecution as something completely different. Right, they didn't see persecution as something to be avoided or to be afraid of. Rather, they, they, they saw it as a measurement of some kind. Or to be persecuted, it meant that you are making an impact. Okay, so if you want to measure how you're making an impact, this is, this is, this is, is a good way. Okay, are you being persecuted? All right, it makes sense because... You know, you're, it makes sense because you're, you're not going to... Um, you're not going to be persecuted for something, or people are not going to tell you to stop 
if you're not doing something, right? Does that, does that, does that make sense? If you're not, if, if you're not, make, if you're not troubling people, or if, I mean, if you're not like annoying people, people aren't going to be like, oh, you're, you're annoying me, and I'm not going to tell you to stop. All right, let's take, let, really, let, let's take a moment and let this verse sink in, all right? Let's, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. All right, this is a completely different mindset um, than the world, isn't it? All right, in the world, we, we, we think to suffer disgrace is something to be avoided at all costs. All right, we want people to think well of us. Isn't it? Parents, you don't want your children to disgrace you in public, right? You don't, if they throw a tantrum in public and they're like, like just on the ground rolling and kicking, they're like, no, no. Like, like you as a parent, you might be like, oh, like everyone's looking at me or and people might think I'm a, like, I'm a bad parent or whatnot. You know, or, you know, like things, and, and children, you might not want to disgrace your parents. Like, um, like you, want, you want to do well, you want to please your parents and, and, and in public and all of that. Uh, and all, and so you, these are things to be, to be avoided. So as an Asian, maybe, maybe A minus is a disgrace. Right, anyone feel that way? A minus is a disgrace. Maybe as an Asian, you say, I don't know how to play an instrument. Like people, oh, that's a disgrace. All Asians need to know an instrument, cello, violin, uh, piano, or something, right? Maybe being mad at, bad at math, okay? That's a disgrace, right? Maybe not pursuing a degree in law or business or, or um, going to med school or uh, computer science. You know, if you don't do one of those things, you know, you're kind of a disgrace. But here in this verse, to suffer disgrace, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. Right? It was a desirable thing. It was a compliment. Right? Just like in chapter 4, when the, the apostles there were recognized as people who had been with Jesus. These were unlearned men. Right? They, didn't, they didn't go to grad school. They don't have PhDs. Right? But they had been with Jesus. Right, if these early Christians, if they were rappers, you know, they wouldn't be rapping about money and material possessions and women, right, and all their accomplishments and how many guns they have or whatnot. Right, they would be bragging about how much they suffered because of Jesus, for Jesus. And not, it's not saying that we should go out there and, and now like drop an album and, and talk about how like, oh, I'm suffering for Jesus and all that. But, you know, if they were, they would probably be like, yeah, man, I got flogged a hundred times. How many times do you get flogged? Or, man, I've been put in jail twice. How many times have you been in jail? And I, I mean, I earned my stripes or something. You know, like, like, like this, this is what they might have been like. But these apostles, they were willing to suffer because once they were lost. Before they met Christ, they were in a broken relationship with God. They were going to hell before they met God. But the God of the universe who loved us, humbled himself and came to earth to be born as a baby, who experienced hunger and pain and temptation, 
Uh, he gave up his privileges. He gave up his rights. I, I recently uh, heard you know, a pastor speak. He says that, yeah, Jesus was, was, was the most privileged person. Okay? He was the most privileged person. He was human and God. But he gave it up for us. And what, what, did it, what, what ended up happening to him? He ended up being killed by the people he came to save. And isn't that the ultimate slap to the face? Right, you want to do so, something good to someone and, and they, took, they took it for granted or they were like, like they didn't appreciate it. And, and in fact, they just, you know, they just threw it back in your face. Right, and this God, he rose again. Right, he was killed and he rose again on the third day right, with power over sin and death. But right, Jesus saves. Right, Jesus is a real deal. Jesus is someone worth following. Un, uh, with all that we have, unlike these two people who led revolts. Right, these two people, um, they, they led revolts against the Roman government. And, and because of their influence, people flocked to them. Right? We, we see several hundred people followed them. But in the end, they were killed and their followers dispersed. But how is it that Jesus, he was killed, but he has more followers than ever? Because Jesus is the real deal. We all worship something. We all worship someone. We all put value or worth onto something or someone. Is it comfort? Is it money? Is it acceptance of people? I'm telling you, those things don't really matter in the end. We could place our security in physical possessions and material possessions, but in the end, they will all fade away. That's why we have insurance, right? Money depreciates. Valley goes down over time. It comes and it goes, right? Accidents happen. Disasters. Right? Health. Health deteriorates. Acceptance by people, it changes so fast. Right? Just think about, I mean, I was watching um, the, the news about, you know, uh, the Lakers and LeBron James and how, uh, is he the GOAT or is he past his, his prime or something like that, you know? And he's on a decline. And people were saying how, like, man, if the Lakers, if he does a good job, then, like, suddenly he's the GOAT again. And if he does bad, then people are saying, oh, he should retire. Right? Like, the, the media just, it changes all the time. Right? Right? But there is a God who doesn't look at your GPA. There's a God up there who doesn't look at your salary or your achievements or your performance. Right? He's willing to love you despite your flaws, despite your shortcomings, despite your sin and your filthiness, our filthiness. And as followers of Jesus, God never promised us a life without suffering. God never promised us a life without pain. God never said that everything would be easy. But God did promise us that He'll be with us every step of the way. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, He gave this command to his disciples. In Matthew 28, right, it's the famous Great Commission passage. In verse 18 it says, And Jesus said to them, right, He said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Right, this is the person who is with us. Someone who has all authority on heaven and on earth. This is, this is huge. Right, we're not alone here. It's, and what does it say? He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Not just in Jerusalem and Israel, but of all nations. As we see 
the name of Je- uh, the, the, this name of Jesus, this gospel had spread to surrounding cities around Jerusalem, and they were bringing their sick to be healed. Right? It's spreading now. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what we want to do on uh, April 21st. That's why we have the baptism uh, info session today. Because we want people to be baptized. We want people to follow Jesus. And at the same time, the disciples were, were commanded to teach these new converts uh, and to observe all that Jesus has commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? Jesus is with us all the, all the way. All the way. So for Christians, I wonder, maybe, maybe you need to rededicate. Rededicate your life. Say, I haven't been following Jesus all that much. Or I haven't been thinking about it all too much. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you want to say to God, I want to live for you. God, I want to be counted worthy or to suffer disgrace for your namesake. Maybe that's you. Or for those of you who haven't placed your trust in Jesus, maybe today is the day. Or today is a great day. You say, God, I, man, I, I want you to be with me. God, I, man, you're, like what you did for me is amazing. And I know that I'm not worthy, but, but you know, you are, you, you are amazing and you love me and you accept me for who I am. Amen. Maybe that's you. I encourage you to pray your heart's glory right now. Alright, come and go and talk to God. Just, just lay things out. And then maybe talk with a friend. Maybe talk with a parent or something like that. About your decision. Let the church know so we can celebrate that together. Right, that's what we want to do. We want to celebrate together. As we're going to talk later on the info session, we want to celebrate together as a church these decisions, these very important decisions. Maybe it's just a rededication too. That's great. That's great. Right, heaven rejoices in those decisions. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this gospel, this great message that we can carry. Or we know that we are, are broken vessels, or we are like, like, like pots of clay. You know, you know, we're, we're, we're so unworthy to carry this great message to the world. But we ask that you would give us boldness, that you would give us courage to share or would you first do a work in our hearts that we recognize that this is a message that people need to hear? Or we thank you for what you have done. You are great. You are an awesome. You are a mighty God. Thank you for inviting us on this mission to move, right? A movement where people, a bunch of people gather together with the same mindset, with being on the same page are moving towards a goal, or to see the world be changed, to be impacted by the, your people. Or help us to see suffering for your name as something joyful. Lord, would you help us to, to go through that, those, those sufferings with joy? Or would you bring people into our lives, family, uh, church members, Lord, that we can be able to support one another through those times, knowing that we're not alone. Thank you, Lord, for being with us all the time. And pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we're going to transition into...